You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. If you have your Bibles, look with me to 2 Samuel chapter 9. So we're going to the Old Testament this morning. Let me take you a couple minutes to find it. 2 Samuel chapter 9. You know, as we think about Jesus, and as Jesus was on this earth, obviously he was a lot of things, right? But one of the things I think it really stands, about, stands out about Jesus, who he was and how he lived, is he was like radically kind. I mean, just kind of think through, think through some of the stories. I mean, think of John chapter 8 when the woman who was caught in the act of adultery was, was brought before him and the religious leaders were suggesting that she be stoned. Interesting, Jesus looked beyond her guilt to the value of the woman and what he was kind. He spoke words of kindness, words of grace. Now, I think of, of blind Bartimaeus' story, I think it's Mark chapter 9, where Bartimaeus was on the roadside um, there and in going into Jericho and knew Jesus was coming by. And the scripture says he began to cry out to Jesus. And if you read the story, actually the crowd was trying to shut him down to say, hey, Jesus is busy. Jesus doesn't have time. Just be quiet. And the scripture says Bartimaeus cried out even louder. And it's interesting that Jesus stopped and called Bartimaeus and showed him kindness and, and healed the blindness that he had. Brought healing to his eyes. I, I was thinking of the story of of the ten lepers where they came obviously to Jesus, what they wanted is they wanted to be healed of their leprosy, right? And it's interesting how Jesus extended kindness to them in their point and place of need. And I think the challenge for us as followers of Jesus, if we're going to live like Jesus, then I think kindness has to be a part of how we live, right? Remember, turn to your neighbor this morning and say, hey, you need to be kind. Especially if you're talking to your mate. Say, hey, you need to be really kind, right? We're called to live out this radical kindness that reveals, this is what I believe it reveals, the presence of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and the goodness of Jesus. We should be living in such a way that people see and experience Jesus Christ in and through our lives. We're called to this lifestyle, as Christ follows, we're called to this lifestyle of kindness. One of my all-time favorite books is a little book titled, All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Have you ever read that book? If you haven't, you should. Like, for me, it's, it's one of the classics. But I want to read just a couple paragraphs out of this book this morning for you. Here it is. All I really need to know about how to live and what to do and how to be, I learned in kindergarten. Wisdom was not at the top of the graduate school mountain, but there in the sand pile at Sunday school. These are the things I learned. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Put things back where you found them. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. Wash your hands before you eat. Flush. Warm cookies and cold milk are good for you. Live a balanced life. Learn some and think some and draw and paint and sing and dance and play and work some every day. Take a nap every afternoon. Can I get an amen on that? And when you go out in the world, watch out for traffic, hold hands, and stick together. Is that not well said? And this is what I'm confident of today. Our world would be a better place if we had more kindness. Would you agree with that? And we as followers of Jesus have the opportunity to bring that, that kindness to our community and to our world. We have the opportunity to live out a, a radical kindness that becomes a living testimony of the presence and the reality of Jesus Christ. There's a great story 
that comes out of the history of New York City where Mr. LaGuardia served as mayor of the city. One bitterly cold night, January 1935, the mayor showed up at night court at one of the poorest wards in the city. And the mayor dismissed the judge for the night and he took over the bench for himself. Within a few moments, as the story goes, there was this tattered old woman who was brought before him and she was charged, this was what she was guilty of, stealing a loaf of bread. Well, she told the mayor that her daughter's husband had deserted her, daughter was sick, her two grandchildren were starving, so she stole the bread to provide for her hungry grandchildren. The shop owner whom the bread was stolen from refused to drop the charge. It did what he said to the mayor. He says, Mayor, it's a really bad neighborhood and she needs to be punished to teach other people around here a lesson. The mayor found himself in this situation, pondered his uh, decision, and he turned to the woman and says, I'm sorry, ma'am, I, I have to punish you. It, the law makes no exceptions. $10 or 10 days in jail. And it's the same at the very time that he was pronouncing the judgment against the lady. He reached in his wallet, he pulled out $10, and he tossed it on the bench. And he says, there's the $10 I remit for the fine that she owes. And furthermore, I'm going to find everyone in this courtroom today 50 cents for living in a town where a woman has to steal bread to feed her grandchildren. And Mr. Bailiff, I want you to collect fines from everyone in the courtroom. The grandmother that day left the courtroom with $47.50. And 50 of those cents came from the red-faced store owner from which it had been stolen from. And at that point, as the story goes, everyone in the courtroom stood and applauded the mayor for his radical kindness. I mean, a kindness like that has the ability to change someone's life, to change the direction of their lives, to impact the life, to impact the community and the world. You know, in a world where there's growing tensions, division, and judgmental attitudes, have you noticed there's a lot of that going on right now? How this cancel culture stuff happening? We as Christ followers are called to live out this radical kindness, a kindness that reveals the love and grace of God, a kindness that, that breaks down walls and builds bridges, a, a kindness that reveals the reality of Jesus Christ in our lives. I mean, imagine the effect. Just think with me for a moment. Imagine the effect on the world if everyone made just one intentional act of kindness per day. Just think, about, just think about our grace covenant. Just think about the folks here and the folks watching online this way. What if we said, I'm going to be intentional and I'm going to carry out one act of kindness today to someone or for someone? Certainly our world would be a better place. Wouldn't you agree? So, so what is kindness? We probably all have a, a, kind of an idea of what kindness is. I mean, if you're like me, I was taught about kindness from when I was a young child growing up. But just to kind of get us all on the same page, I have a... A definition of kindness there in your notes this morning. Kindness is defined as this, the quality of being friendly. How many of you can be friendly? Should be raising your hand right now. How many of you can be generous? Kindness is about being generous. How many of you can be helpful? Yeah, we can be helpful, right? How many of you can be considerate? That's what kindness is all about. It's an act of grace extended to others. It's getting out of your own world to help someone else. And here's the great thing about kindness. Everyone can be kind. Every, every single one of us. Listen, you don't have to have a certain level of education or training to be kind, do you? You, you don't have to have money to be kind. You, you don't have to have title or position to be kind. Anyone and everyone 
can practice kindness. You know, it's kindness that can transform a marriage. It's kindness that can transform a family. Kindness that can transform a community, a workplace. Kindness that can transform our world. See, everything, everyone, and every place is better with kindness. Can I get an amen for that? Everywhere, everyone, and every place is better with kindness. Dr. Seuss, who brings some great insight on life, said it well. He says, unless someone cares a whole awful lot, nothing's going to get better. It's not. And I think we have the opportunity to be those who care a whole awful lot. To take love and kindness out into our world. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. We just have to look for the opportunities and be willing to step into those opportunities. That's exactly what King David does. And that's the story we want to look at this morning. His act of kindness. We want to see what we, dis- we can discover about living out of kindness living out kindness to others from this story in 2 Samuel 9. I want to give you just a little background information. If, you, if you're not familiar with this story, this will kind of bring some understanding as to what's happening here. The first king of the nation of Israel was a gentleman by the name of King Saul. King Saul is killed in conflict. He's killed in battle. The second king in Israel was King David. So King David comes to the throne And because he set his heart to honor God, he has a passion for God, God grants him great favor. So as he comes to be the king of Israel, he experiences success. He experiences prosperity. In other words, everything is going well for King David, and everything is going well for the nation of Israel. And what's interesting as we look at this story is that David did not allow his prosperity or position to blind him to the needs of others, even the needs of his adversaries. Because the one that he shows kindness to is someone that could have been a potential threat to him. But he seeks out this man, this man by the name of Mephibosheth, who would have been the grandson of King Saul, just so he can do this, just so he can show kindness to him. So with that background, let me read this story for you. It's a great story, tucked away, 2 Samuel chapter 9. David asked, notice the the initiative here. Notice what David's doing. He's moving to action. What does David do? He asks this question. Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? So Jonathan would have been the son of Saul. Mephibosheth, as we're going to see in this story, would have been the grandson of King Saul. Verse 2 says, Now there was a servant of Saul's house named Ziba, they, they summoned him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba at your service? He replied. The king asked, Is there no one still living from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There's still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, He is at the house of Maker, son of Amiel, and Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Maker, the son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Notice verse 7. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul. And you will eat at my table. 
Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? And the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young man, a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table, and he was lame in both feet. What a great story of kindness in action. In a time when a new reigning king would exterminate all the family members of the former dynasty, King David chose to do the opposite. He chose to extend kindness. Rather than eliminating any potential threat to the throne, he acted in a way that was, was counter-cultural. It was counter to what other kings would have done in his position. He discovers that Saul's grandson, who was disabled from a fall at a young age, is hiding out in a place called Lodabar. It's interesting that the name Lodabar literally means this, a barren land or a land of no pasture. So he's in this barren, he's in this barren place. So get the picture here. Mephibosheth is disabled. He's dependent upon others. He's hiding out in fear. Because again, he would have been perceived as a threat to King David. So he's hiding out in fear for his life. And he's living in a barren land. So this is the picture. He was in a difficult place and he was navigating a difficult season. But in this hard place, King David seeks him out. And shows him radical kindness. And as, a, as we take a, a look deeper into this story, this is what we discover. Three things here we see in this story. First is this, King David took the initiative to ask and act. To ask and act. As King David's enjoying his position as, as king and all the perks that came with the position of being king, he didn't allow that position to blind him to the needs of others. He didn't allow what he had achieved to keep him from seeing poss the, the possibility of the needs of others. He didn't allow his success to lull him into complacency. He, he, didn't, uh, he didn't become self-focused and self-consumed. If you look back, I think it's the, to verse 1, he asked, Is there anyone still left? Like anyone, like, who can I show kindness to in Saul's family? When he learned about Mephibosheth and his challenged situation, he he took action and he showed kindness. He brought Mephibosheth from this barren land where he was living to the king's palace. And he treated him, interesting, as one of his own sons. And Mephibosheth was always at the king's table. So what did David do? He simply asked and then he acted. He asked and then he acted. The acts, acts of kindness require initiative. In other words, we have to have a, a bias to, to move to action. We, we ask and then we, we act. So the opportunities for practicing kindness are all around us all the time. Would you agree with that? They're around us all the time. But if we never ask and we never act, we, we miss the opportunity. So we need to ask and 
and act. I think of our ministry partnership with, with Washam Elementary School that's just up the road. As you know, with COVID and all of the challenges of education, teachers have been overwhelmed. So we went to the school, actually uh, Dana Wardrop, who directs our Compassion Ministry, went to the school and had a conversation with the principal and simply asked, how can we help? How can we show kindness? How can the Grace Covenant family show kindness to Washam Elementary and the teachers and the students? And out of that conversation, we asked the question. They said, well, here's some things you can do. And one of the things was is we could take lunch to the teachers. So on a teacher work day, uh, we had lunch catered in for the teachers. We showed up and helped with a beautification day uh, working on their campus. Every month we take this goodie basket full of all kinds of stuff to bless the teachers, to encourage and affirm the teachers. What do we do? We ask, and then we act it. Really simple. Just what David did. If we're going to live out radical kindness, folks, it's really simple. What do we do? We ask, and then we act. We ask, and then, and then we move. As we look on in this, this story, what we see is that King David was responding to the very kindness that he had received from God. It's interesting that it's interesting how David presents his question in verse 3. He says, is there no one still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Interesting. See, he realized that all he was experiencing, the prosperity that he had come to, the position he had come to, was only by the kindness of God. It was only by the favor of God. I mean, David was like this unknown shepherd boy, and now he's king of Israel. I mean, think about that. Like, how can that happen? Let me tell you how it happened. It was by the kindness of God. So as David is reflecting on the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and the provision of God and the kindness of God, as he's recalling that, he's thinking, wow, I've been blessed. Who can I bless? I've been blessed. Who can I? Listen, that's a question you should be asking every day. I've been blessed. Who can I bless? I've received God's kindness. How many of you know we've all received God's kindness? Would you agree with that? How many of you would say this morning, God's been good to you? That he showed up in your life? That he's proven himself faithful in your life. This is what I know. God's brought goodness, his goodness, his kindness to you. And he's brought that kindness to you because he loves you outrageously. But he's also blessed you. You hear me say this all the time, but it's the mantra of my life. Listen, I've been blessed to be a blessing. God's shown me kindness so I can show kindness to others. Listen, your position this morning is no different than King David's. Because of God's kindness to you, you should be asking this question, who can I show God's kindness to? How can I share what I've received? How can I bless someone else who's blessed me? David was responding to the kindness of God. Listen, friends, don't get stingy. Don't live miserly. Refuse to process life in that fashion. I mean, if you begin your day every day reflecting on the goodness of God, then you're going to be motivated to go and live out the goodness of God. 
the kindness of God. Now, even as David had received kindness, he was he was simply a conduit through which that kindness was flowing to Mephibosheth. Now, as we look to the end of the story, what we discover is that Mephibosheth's life and future was changed, get this, through one act of kindness. One act. Talking about a total turn, turnaround. One day Mephibosheth is hiding in fear for his life, wondering where his next meal is going to come from, and the next day his inheritance is restored to him and he's eating at the king's table. I mean, think about this. He went from rice and beans every day to fillets every day. What a turnaround. All because of one act of kindness. Listen to what David says to Mephibosheth, looking back to verse 7. He says, I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. And one act of kindness changed a man's life. Listen, you never know the power and the impact of your act of kindness. It can turn someone's bad day into a good day. It can take someone's life who has no hope and turn them to believe that there is hope, help them discover that there there is hope. It could change the direction of someone's life. Simply one one act of kindness. There's a ministry that, that we run here at Grace, or a group of ladies run here at Grace. It's called Embrace Grace. We didn't start it. It's a, it's a national ministry. But we decided that we would pick it up. And basically it's a ministry for, for women who are pregnant and really their back's against the wall and they don't know what they're going to do. They don't have a support system. Um, they've chosen life, but they're not certain how they're going to move forward. And so those ladies, these Pregnant women come in, and they're a part of this eight-week discipleship process. At the end of eight weeks, uh, our Grace Covenant family throws a baby shower for each of them just to express kindness to them. Well, at the end of one of the sessions, uh, one of the ladies wrote this note that landed on my desk. It says, Dear Pastor, I had plans to have a different outcome. Every time I read this, wrecks me. Dear Pastor, I had plans to have a different outcome than my current reality as I felt my back was against the wall and I was totally alone. Stumbling upon embrace grace saved my child's life as well as mine. I would assure have been a bucket of tears daily by now had it not been for Lachey Brandy and Kelly, I'm truly grateful, Kimberly. One act of kindness. Think about that. One act of kindness saved a baby's life, turned a mom's life around. And that's the power you and I have. And, And we think we're just doing life. We think we're just going through days, and we're marking days on our calendar. But it's the power you and I hold on a daily basis to deeply impact someone's day, to deeply impact someone's life, maybe even to turn the direction of their life simply by an act of kindness as we see and as we act. 
So how, how can we put kindness? How can we put kindness into action? I, I want to leave you with a few points of action that will help you live out kindness that, that makes a difference in the lives of others. Four things really quick. Here they are. The first is this. Remember the kindness that you've received from God. Kindness. Already talked about that. Listen, God's blessed us and He's been so kind to us. So much more than we ever deserve. So much more. As we receive the kindness of God, we want to live that kindness out to others. Just as David sought Mephibosheth out so we could be kind to him, so God sought us out. Listen, he's restored to us our inheritance, right? He's restored to us what was lost in the Garden of Eden. And just as Mephibosheth got to eat at the king's table every day, can I tell you what you and I get to do? Because of the kindness of God. Listen, we get to feast at the king's table every day. Whoa! Man, we're blessed! Remember the kindness of God. And if you can keep that before you, you know what's going to generate in your life? It's going to naturally generate acts of kindness. As you're overwhelmed by the goodness of God, you can't help but live out the goodness of God. It's not difficult. It's not complicated. Just remember Remember the kindness you've received from God. Here's a second point of action. Choose to live others-focused, not self-consumed. Others-focused, not self-consumed. Their culture today tells us, take care of you, right? Look out for you. Make sure that, you know, you're promoting yourself. That's the opposite. It's the very opposite of how Christ lived, and it's the opposite of what we're called to. Remember, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Listen to how this verse reads. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. As we live others focused, we see the opportunities for kindness. As we look beyond our own lives and our own needs, then what we can see the needs in the lives of others. So train yourself, train yourselves to be others focused. Train yourself to live out humility. Here's a third point of action. Look for opportunities to extend kindness. Just look for them. You know, Ephesians 4:32 says, be, be kind and compassionate to one another. You know, the opportunities to show kindness abound. We just need to train ourselves to look for them. We need to pray and ask for eyes to see and feet to move. Holy Spirit, give me eyes to see and feet to move toward the opportunity. Now, just this past week, it's interesting. I don't know what's happening, but God's up to something. I always know God's up to something when doors of opportunity begin to, begin to open and this past week, Pastor Johnny, our, student, our students pastor, and myself were invited to two meetings. One at North Mech High School and the other at Heff High School. And we were asked, would you come and talk with us because we need help. And so we went just to have a conversation, really to discover, like, how can we show kindness? And as we were at North Mech High School talking with uh, some of the leadership, with the principal, Dr. Hood, 
Um, we were discussing needs, and there's several things that we're going to be able to step into. But one of the things she identified, she said, you know, this past semester we had 16 teachers who didn't miss a day. So in the present reality with COVID and sickness and all that's happening and shortage of teachers, that's a huge deal to have 16 teachers who showed up every day and said, we gave them a certificate of appreciation, and I told them a gift was on the way. She says, what they didn't know is I didn't have a gift, and I didn't know where I was going to get a gift because the school didn't have any funds. I just told them that they were going to get a gift, and we showed up the next day, and she was telling us this story, and we said, hey, we can help with that. Now, that day we went to Chick-fil-A and picked up 16 $20 gift cards. I know it's not a lot, but it's a way to affirm and to appreciate, and we took them back to North Mech High School so they could be given to these 16 teachers. This is what was it? a simple act of kindness, a simple way that we could express kindness. Listen, this is what I know. When you look for opportunities, you're going to see them everywhere. So Holy Spirit, help us to have eyes to see and feet that move toward the opportunity. But don't just look. Here's the last point of action. Love others as you live with a biased action. As you see the opportunity, seize the opportunity. As you see the opportunity, what do you want to do? You want to seize the opportunity. As you see the opportunity to express love through a simple act of kindness, do it. Just do it. Determine today that you're going to live radical, that you're going to engage in acts of kindness that add value to others. You know, Barbara DeAngelis says, says it well. It says, love and kindness are never wasted. They're, they always make a difference. They bless the one who receives them, and they bless you, the giver. Like, it's the ultimate win-win, right? Man, I get to bless others. And in turn, I'm blessed. And kindness is the way we bless others. In turn, God pours into our lives. Listen, it's a great way to live. Matter of fact, it's, get this, it's revolutionary. Revolutionary. Our children put together a little video that I want to conclude with this morning as they're challenging us as adults to this lifestyle of radical kindness. Let's run the video. Maybe you're not like me Maybe we don't agree Maybe that doesn't mean We gotta be enemies Maybe we just get brave Take a big leap of faith Call a truce so me and you Can find a better way Let's take some time, open our eyes Look and listen Drowning their voice. 
need to get revolutionary. Not complicated. Not difficult. Simply taking the love of Jesus and living it out by acts of kindness. Listen, this is what I know today. Our world doesn't need any more judgment. The world doesn't need any more division, hate and strife. What does our world need? It needs kindness. And who better deliver kindness than us as followers of Jesus to live revolutionary would you stand with me this morning I'm not going to ask how many of you want to be kind because I believe every one of you want to be kind listen nobody wants to go out of here today saying well I just want to be ugly and hurt people like nobody would say that if that's you then you need help you're sick you need a counselor but I know that's not you. And that's not folks watching online. What I know is within you there's this desire to be kind. And so I want, what I want to pray today, Holy Spirit, again, give us eyes to see and feet that move. Eyes that see and feet that move. And in that, what I know is people's going to experience Christ through your life this week. Because again, you have the power to change someone's day. Potentially, you have the power to change the direction of someone's life. Who knows the opportunity that might come this week that maybe even someone would be thinking about ending their life and God would allow your path to cross their path. And because you have eyes to see and feet that move, Potentially, you could be the one through an act of kindness that saves them. So may we have eyes to see and feet to move. Lord, we thank you today, first, for your kindness to us. Well, like David, 
in the story. God, we have been so blessed. You've been so good to us. You have been so kind. But even the communion we celebrated this morning was about your kindness to us. You taking the, the initiative to move toward us. To restore our inheritance and to give us the privilege of, of dining every day at your table. Lord, first, we thank you for your kindness to us. Hello, my prayer today for myself, for all of my friends here gathered, for those watching online, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see. The opportunities abound, Lord, oftentimes we just, we don't see them. Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see. And Holy Spirit, give us feet that move toward the opportunity. Lord, in that, what I know is going to happen is, God, we're going we're to bring honor to you. And Lord, this week, people's lives in our community, in our workplaces, in our neighborhood, Lord, they're going to be enriched, they're going to be uplifted. Lord, maybe even some turnaround, like Mephibosheth, some, some turnarounds. In people's eyes simply by us choosing to live out of radical kindness. Holy Spirit, help us to be revolutionary, I pray. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.